Hello, good morning, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO is our number. And uh, if you prefer email, it's dave at petsofinancial.net. Well, I guess we're about done with the holidays, right? But now, Happy New Year anyway. And it, it, as we're finally winding our way through this season of, we think the Dow's going to do this. We think the Dow's going to do that or the S&P or whatever measurement you're going to do. The game of predictions that Wall Street cannot avoid every year. Which, of course, is completely irrelevant. And all of them will be wrong by some magnitude. And as I pointed out multiple times in 2023, the predictions were so far off. It was like a planetary miss, right? It's not like, oh, well, we missed by a little bit or, you know, generally we got the direction right. No, it it was one of those years. And particularly when you break it down to what they are saying would be the the best performing areas which of course is the most important thing anyway right it's like well we're going to invest in the market the market's going to do x well what does that mean well we think you need to avoid tech stocks which is what they said which was the only ones that did well and they did better than well they they hit multi-year multiple year home runs right i mean the returns were unbelievable for the Magnificent Seven. The NASDAQ itself was up 40-plus percent. Unreal. Absolutely unreal for an area you're supposed to avoid. And so that, of course, is the danger of it, right? Oh, well, okay, all the experts say I should avoid this, so maybe, uh, you know, I, oh, I don't overreact to those things, but I'm not going to buy anymore, even though they're down 20 to 40 percent. I... I'm not going to buy anymore because, you know, the experts said don't. So that's the danger, isn't it? I mean, it's a very real danger. Because instead of just owning the greatest corporations of the world, and then also in particular, when you finally get an opportunity to go, wow, NVIDIA is down a lot. I don't know much about the company, but it seems like AI is coming around. Right? They have the best chips in the world. That much we know. Because that's what all the tech people say. And you go and you look, and there's not much homework you have to do, but oh my gosh, is their cash flow unreal. And it's not a brand new company. Been around, everybody acknowledges they have the best chips in the world. I don't, I, I, and you didn't know anything about them a year before or two years before. It's not like Google or Amazon that you've owned for a billion years. This is kind of new. And then all of a sudden has a big correction, and everybody's telling you not to buy it. Dangerous is what I'm saying. That's dangerous. And so we're going to repeat that right now or have been repeating that. And thank goodness it's about to come to an end. And then we can roll into earnings season. And then everybody can start revising their uh, S&P projections so they pretend to be about right at the end of the year. Isn't that great? Um, Super helpful of uh, changing my predictions based on what happened last week. Okay? That's great. So my prediction for this week is it will start out the year up 1.5%. Well, look at me. Look at me go. Aren't I great? I'm amazing. I'm amazing. And literally, it wasn't very many days ago that everybody was convinced that, see, here we are. Couldn't even get a Santa Claus rally going. Finally, we're at all-time highs. we got to get out. And so this is the whole, I'm really nervous because stocks are at all-time high. I'm really nervous because JoJo's in charge. Or I'm really nervous because the market's off 20 or 30%. I'm really, I'm really, really nervous because of the war. I'm really, when we fill ourselves with all of that angst, and, and these are not I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not problems. They're very real, big problems. But how do you pull the trigger when that's all you contemplate every day is what's wrong with the world? How do you buy I'm pretty happy with, you know, the 5% I can get in the money market account. Okay, I I understand that. I'm a lot happier than the amount of money we have to have in cash because 
we may need it out or we definitely are going to need it out to pay taxes in April. We're going to definitely need some out for income in June and July and August, et cetera, et cetera. Big trip coming up this summer. Got to pay for it in May. Uh, whatever it is, it's nice to earn five instead of zero, which is what happened up until about 15 months ago. Zero. So now we get five on our money markets, at least for the time being, until the Federal Reserve drops interest rates, which I don't know that they will. I'm not trying to predict it. We'll just react to it when it happens. Don't have to predict it. Isn't that interesting? When do you think they're going to reduce interest rates? Don't know. Why is that an important thing to predict? Well, you know, that's what they say on Wall Street. I understand what they say on Wall Street all the time because they have to babble about stuff. They do. Fed this, Fed that, interest rates this, it just goes on and on and on. I want to know if company X is going to have massive cash flow increases in the coming years. Now, I can't know that with certainty, and I know that investments are filled with uncertainty, with, with losers everywhere you look in your portfolio. Oh, the anguish of just finding, like, a beyond meat in your portfolio. You know what you need to do? Do what I did. Sell it. Get rid of garbage. All it does is make my head go, you're so stupid. I can't believe. You, that's, that's what you do. It, it's what we do. And I know I'm supposed to have happy talk. Dave's supposed to talk nice to himself. I know, I know. Do you do that all the time? Because I don't. I'm the meanest guy to me that I know of. Get rid of that stuff. Quit doing it and understand that I can have dozens of Beyond Meat, garbage stocks that didn't do anything. Bad idea. Wow. Great. I get a tax loss from that. Because I owned Apple for 40 times the investment. 40 how many Beyond Meats can have dozens, hundreds, and still do well? That's, that's, the, that's the counter to it. And it's really hard for the engineers and all of us and, and accounting where you, the columns add up and everything's fine. And, and you know what? The spreadsheet is perfect. Perfect. Mistake-free. And on a year-to-year -year basis, your portfolio has companies that have done much better than the average and companies that stink they flat stink you stupid person for buying them that is natural and normal but that's what we focus on and it isn't healthy it isn't healthy at all and so that we come to this time of year and, and a lot of people sold off stuff at the end of the year for their tax losses to offset the gains they had it's a great year overall and that should be the focus and most people do get there but it's hard when you look so hard and so close to your portfolio every day. And that's human nature. So we'll talk about that in the second hour today of, again, trying to work our way out of this human nature pull towards what isn't working or microscopic decisions instead of 10,000-foot level looks at things. Right now... I got to take a quick break. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you again for joining us. Uh, as we wrap up this hour, it's, it, I, I think it's really interesting that we are in a circumstance where the market is actually up here to date. It doesn't feel like it. Does it feel like it to you? Because I... I, I I have to. I had to look and go. Yeah, it looks like it's like like there's, it's down and it's not. Now, if you look at the broad market, it is right. I mean, the little companies, Russell two thousand, the banks, and that kind of stuff were kind of heavy in that. Anyway, they are down, but they're only down two percent. So we have like the worst sector of the market's down a couple percent, and the S and P generally is up one and a half. It doesn't feel like that any more than last year's 20-plus percent in the S&P, 40-plus percent in the NASDAQ, felt like it. We have so much bad news, so much angst, 
that burns up and builds up, and we have so much we sit and read and look at. And I do, I have a couple of things I want to mention, too, because I think there's, I know, I, I know, I'm an optimist. There's so many things to hang our hat on and be positive about. And that's going to be really, really hard in a world that is trying to elect a president that is either a bumbling buffoon or a blowhard. In other words, people are going to be polar opposites again. And when you have that, it gets more and more loud. It gets screechy. There's no compromise. It's my way or the highway every single time. I know what is right. I know what is wrong. And you don't. And that when we have that kind of environment where we're not solving problems, where we just see the deficit running out of control, there are no adults in Washington, D.C., or very few. And they don't seem to be in actual power. It's frightening. I get it. But there's an awful lot going on out there in tech world that's solving problems more rapidly than these folks can, in fact, screw it up. And it's hard. Hard to keep that in mind. I totally understand. But we'll talk a little bit about that. And I want to also talk about, again, 10,000-foot level versus looking all at the details. So we'll be back after Fox News. Hello, welcome, and thank you again for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. Oh, and by the way, thank you for those of you who commented about last week's program. Um, it, it, it was enjoyable, and I, I, I'm guessing we're going to play it again sometime. It's just It was so fun for Jennifer and I to go through the stores. I know, I only spoke, but Jennifer was there, as she always is, to, you know, help with the recording and, you know, shoot me a note and scold me on something I said or, you know, you can't say that on the radio. <laughs> Turn it off. Anyway, she she was there too and, and helping out. So we loved doing it and it's fun to go back in, in, in down memory lane and, and uh, it's not just memory lane, you know, it's lessons learned. How to better live our lives how to better be facilitators of peace. How's that? Wow, where'd that come from? But I, I like that, so I'm going to write it down. Okay, facilitators of peace, whatever. Uh, the, the point I'm making here is, it, is does the world of finance have to really be buy, 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 sell, sell, sell? What's the market going to do next week? Well, we think it's we're bullish, and we have this, uh, you know, um, head and shoulders move in this particular sector, so we need to be jumping all over that. Is it a daily thing? Is it a trading thing? Or is it owning the great corporations of the world as the great investors like Warren Buffett have told us for decades, continue to tell us, but we want to try to figure out a different way? One full of angst and... and <sighs> What am I going to do right now? I don't have time for tomorrow to go see my grandkids for crying out loud. I need to study the charts. You do? Well, it's, you know, it's my hobby. Okay. Is, have you been honest with yourself about what your returns are? I'm just asking. That's all. I just wondered how, how you're doing. You're spending a lot of time in front of the computer instead of in front of people. Playing golf, whatever it is you're doing, and it doesn't seem to be improving your results. Now, I'm not putting down people that this is really their hobby. They love doing it. They take a glance. They do some reading about it, maybe. But people that actively trade and lose their head about it, think they can predict the future, that's a problem. It really is a problem. Because, you see, we can't predict the future. Wall Street's historically unbelievably bad results of 2023 are not unique by any stretch. They're every year. It's just the magnitude last year was astounding of how bad they were. But we play the game every year as if there's meaning in that. There's value in it. And there is not. But we all have to pretend that there is. And you should see 
when I explain to people that ask me what we think about the market, I don't. I try not to. We all do. It's there. You have your feelings. But sometimes you can see it in their eyes. They need more than, what are you talking about? You know, like, no, that's just, I, I just, I don't understand. And so it, it's kind of like, here's what you need to understand with that. My opinion about the market is wrong as much as anybody else's is. And that's about half the time. Which means a coin flip is better than, is just as good, collectively, as Wall Street. It's actually just slightly better, but let's call it the same. A coin flip is slightly better than Wall Street's predictions from multi-million dollars, with access to information, capital, everything else. A coin flip is slightly better at predicting the market. I think that's a massively important thing to understand. Because when we hear people like Warren Buffett say, when asked, what's your market outlook? I don't have a market outlook. We've never had a market outlook. And we never will have a market outlook. Next question. But, but we just blow past that. And then can't wait to walk into wherever or listen to somebody's what? Market outlook. Oh. Okay. And so here and here's what the, one of the interesting things that comes with that, kind of like this time of year, that comes with that is this idea too that you when when you are asking about all this, that it would be like an important input into your overall outlook what you're going to do with your investments, right? What should I do this year? Well, let me see what collectively Wall Street's saying. What, what, what Wall Street, you know, or whatever you read. I mean, it's Wall Street, some are located in Chicago, some are in Boston, whatever. But you get the point. What do the really, really super smart investment bankers think? Because that's what I need to do. So, you know, look it over. But here's the interesting point. There's all the information's out there. There's more and more and more. And interestingly, the digger you the the, the digger, the deeper you dig online for information, the more misinformation you're going to get. Not the clearer, the more misinformation you get. It's very foggy. But our 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 bias also leads us to do what? Find the data that agrees with our position. So I become more sure of something I can't be sure of or have any idea or a coin flip actually beats than I was before rather than more open to alternative ideas. I'd call it getting dumber. Honestly, I, I mean, I, I know there's some probably some definition that some cool word out there. I just think it's dumbing down. We, we think we're digging deeper and getting smarter. But the only thing I know that you get smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter, the, di- the more you dig deeper, you certainly get wiser, is the Bible. There's really nothing else, like digging through articles on the internet isn't going to make you smarter. It might be okay, you could do a little research and writing a paper, blah, 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 find some different stuff out there, but you're not trying to find your narrative. You're trying to figure out why the world is ending. Petso, you don't understand. The digital currency thing is so bad. Okay, all right, I got it. Okay, I got it. Nancy Pelosi is taking away your 401ks. I know, she brought it up a couple times. They slammed it down. You still have your 401k. Yeah, but I got it. The more you dig in there, the more you're going to find the hairy dents of the world that haven't been right. They haven't been right at all. Like ever. I have no idea why anybody reads them, but they do. And they can't wait to quote them. And they can't wait to send the article to me to tell me why the world is ending again. That's not helpful to any of us. It's not a put-down. It's just, what are we going to do to help ourselves look at things from a 10,000-foot level instead of getting caught in the details? Because that's what leadership is. 
the big picture. And the big picture needn't be predictive. Most certainly, you must reset your direction. That's what ships do. The storm blows, a little bit off course. Wind comes in from the right, the left. I know, port or aft, whatever. It is still blowing. And they blow off course. The night comes. And they line up the stars. And they reset the course. And then more bad stuff happens to businesses. And then they reset the course. A surprise recession. Reset the course. Do they stop the company from manufacturing? Stop it in their tracks because they predict there's going to be a recession? No. They don't? I thought you had to predict everything. Of course, they're looking at data and thinking, we have got to be moving towards AI. What's that going to do? I don't know, but it's big, massive change. We need to be aware of it all the time. That's not predictive. That's reactive to what we already see. AI is unbelievable and getting really much better really fast, like things we, at speed we cannot understand. That's why I spend a lot of time thinking about what exponential means rather than linear. And I talk about it a lot. 30 linear steps, 30 yards or so. 30 exponential steps, like a billion miles. That's technology. It's exponential. That's digitalization of everything. It's exponential. At first, the first couple of st exponential steps, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing until it's something, and then it's gone to the moon. It's gone. Slow, 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 fast is how technology is. And when we think about this, it ha we have to stop and set it aside and think about what the greats tell us. We are going to make many, many, many mistakes. That's okay. I love what Warren Buffett says, and John Templeton too, in different ways. Templeton said, if you are right 60% of the time, you're legendary. So more than a third of the time, you are wrong? Yep. And so he had some, you know, not, you know, I'm going to call them squishy rules, okay? Because nobody, but nobody has a, these are the never-do-this rules. Never change our mind rules. Nobody good. And so Templeton said, I want, before we change a position, like I'm going to buy ABC company and sell XYZ that, you know, raise the money and go to ABC, then ABC better be twice as good an idea as XYZ. Why? Because we could be wrong on either one of them. There's two decisions, selling XYZ and buying ABC. It better be twice as good an idea or we won't move. Interesting. Twice as good. Not, not a little bit better, which is human nature. I, I think this comes a bit more. I'm sell here. Move over. Nope. Nope. Interesting point. Buffett had 10 investment ideas. Two of them were personnel because he did say 12. In 12 important decisions that accounted for almost all of their investment results in 70 years. That's a whole lot of errors. So we have to kind of think of this as a 10,000-foot level type of thing. Do I want to go into my portfolio and figure out what's wrong on a, on a microscopic level? Because here's what you could do last year just as a really practical example. About, uh, let's call it late summer. It was about late summer. You'd look at your portfolio and you would find the only thing working was your Amazon, Google, NVIDIA, Meta. You got it, right? Big, giant tech. Exactly what they told you not to buy at the beginning of the year. But, but that's the only thing that's working. What you need to do is ditch like everything else. But particularly, the two worst performing sectors were the most offensive. Utilities was one, the most offensive. Now, nobody wants to own real estate because <laughs> I read the papers. I know what's going on in San Francisco. 
great. But I'm not sure what San Francisco see-through office buildings has anything to do with a logistics company or a mall operator or a D.C. defense contractor specialist office space company. Broadly, they're in real estate. Well, all of them were taken down together. Now, of course, office was taken down more, but can't own them. So if you microscopically go into your portfolio and go, I got to get rid of this garbage. This is horrible. Then what happened in the next quarter? (laughs) Took off. The industrials took off. I don't think utilities took off, really. This kind of just sort of did better. But REITs did. They took off. Because people started differentiating. We don't know when. You don't know when. People can be wrong. The market can be wrong for a long time. As they famously say, until you're bankrupt. (laughs) The market can be wrong way past your bankruptcy. Okay? If you're leveraged in trading, right? We have to be careful. Because if we go in and we say, God, Dave, you're so stupid. Why did you buy that? God, you're stupid. I can't believe you did that. Then you just all you're doing is beating up yourself for what is inevitable, certain to occur, and most certainly occurs to the smartest investors in the world. All the time. We're all wrong a lot. And all you do is beat yourself up. And then what can also happen is you can take perfectly good companies and pitch them. You can take a perfectly good logistics company that hasn't traded at this price level relative to its earnings, cash flow, dividends, anything else. Like, I don't know how long, maybe ever. It's never been this bargain priced relative to its earnings, cash flow, et cetera. And you can just toss it aside because right now at this microscopic moment, it doesn't look good as Google. Okay. And I thought you wanted a balanced, diversified portfolio. And if you do, which I think you should, instead of chasing your tail on what the latest hot thing is, and if you, if you want to just buy the greatest companies and just say, hey, look, you know what? Technology is everything. Great. Why don't you own mostly technology? I don't disagree with that, actually. I really don't. They just don't pay dividends. And they fly around a lot. And they would drive people crazy. And they will have the best returns period, over the 5-year, 10-year, 20, 30, 23.2, and probably the next 12 years because they are the big it. The cash flow is unbelievable. Corporate America is unbelievable in their cash flow, their dividends, their stock buybacks. It's remarkable, their performance. They're that good. And when we sit around and talk about P.E. ratios being this or that and and, in this sector, this and that, we just get so microscopic and so far away from the truth, which is just own the great corporations of the world because they are that good. Own them. And stop microscopically looking at your portfolio because it doesn't help. It just doesn't help. It really, really doesn't. The only thing, the only time I'm going to do this, we're like, well, I've had this for three years, and I don't even know why I own it anymore, and it's down, and I don't even know what it does. Then get rid of it. Because you remember that your nephew called, and he's working for the company, and okay, cool. We're doing real cool stuff, Uncle. Okay, I'll buy some shares. And then you don't really know what they do or why they do what they do, but it sounded good, and now it's time to take the tax loss. It's Okay. That's what you should be doing. Not holding everything forever, but generally, when has it been a good time? This is not a hindsight. Look, it's it's the truth. To get rid of Amazon. I mean, when? When when when, when 23 analysts said sell and and and, and it was down 35-40%. Like say in 22. It was down 40%. Things weren't going well. Remember that? They had overbuilt their um, uh, distribution centers. Too many warehouses. Too much money was spent. All that stuff, right? All true. They took a pause and ripped higher. When should we have sold? 
because now you're out again and it's at all time highs. And that happened multiple times with Amazon. It's not one time. I'm just telling you the most recent because then you can remember it. This happens all the time. How many Apple phones weren't good enough? How many times were you told that Apple was nothing more than a hardware company? How many times were you told you need to get out because the P.E. ratio is too high? The analyst all told you that after every phone that came out. And I already told you since the iPhone came out, it's up 40-fold. $10,000 one-time investments, 400 k not including dividends which isn't fair. So it's much more. And it's absurd that we have to be thinking about this on a day-to-day -day basis. And the more we do, the more chances we have of reacting wrongly. We need to chill and learn from the greats and think about things on a 10,000-foot level. And I got to roll. This is way too long. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and sorry about the little glitch here. Uh, our, our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. Okay, let's go ahead and go to the phones. Hello, go ahead. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Hey, I got a couple of questions for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, have you heard anything about, oh, let me start with this one. The other day I ordered something from uh, uh, Trump Flags. Bank of America froze my account. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? The other I, I, day I ordered, I ordered a, a Trump flag. Okay, you ordered a Trump flag, okay. And Bank of America froze my account. Bank of America froze my account. Bank of America froze my account. Froze your account? Yeah. Because you ordered a. How? In the, why in the world would they do that? Because they're watching. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because they did. Huh. Okay, now my question. Okay, go ahead, Paul. Have you, sir, have you heard anything about um the government taking their cash and move? into bitcoin no no you're talking about digital currency and yeah and you know actually to a degree that's what i've been talking about today paul i just think it doesn't make any sense that we're sitting around fussing about all these little things and missing the big picture that's again to me yeah. the details and I, I i understand people worried about that i don't think the country's in the right direct going in the right direction either i i worry about all of these things but it doesn't affect my investing and I don't know what I'm going to do about digital currency, except make sure that the people that I vote for, it doesn't mean I'm going to get it because every country gets the government they deserve. If the people decide that we want to be a basically a socialist, um, woke nation, uh, and there's a few people, uh, the elitist in this country that want to do that, um, you know, that's what collectively we deserve is, is a country that's dysfunctional and won't work. But Paul, I, I don't, I can't sit around and worry about that and dig deeper on the internet about the reasons why the market's going to crash and I need to build a bunker in my backyard. And because because again, I, I I miss the ten thousand foot look at things that the the economy is growing, the world economy is growing, and we may not like what's going on socially, and it may have an impact long term. Don't get me wrong, fight the good fight. But, 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 but by worrying about it and staying out of investing, people miss the markets. Go ahead. I'm not worried about it. Good. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here putting trades right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Paul. Have a good day. good day, and thanks for the call. All right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do here, Terry, before we get you on, is I'm going to take a break and get kind of caught up, okay? Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. Fox News break is next. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-KIDO is our number. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. Terry, welcome, and thank you for calling. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Professor. Do you have to put me off so you can go get your Bitcoin notes together or exactly, something? Exactly, yes. I was deeply reading. I was on page <laughs> 75 of the Bitcoin um, on, on Google. No, I, I don't even know, but I guarantee you there's at least 100 pages there, right? But, 
Well, there's a hundred ninety nine articles on Bitcoin has died. There, the, so. yeah, oh yes, I'll bet there are, and 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 uh, that uh, as uh, Mark Twain said, uh, right? It, wasn't it Mark Twain? It said yeah. the 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 news of my death is uh, Great, um, greatly exaggerated. exaggerated. Yes, yep. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I had a, a a simpler question, and you know my my musings. I was w- watching the market volatility, the up down, big one percent day yesterday when I looked at. Yahoo Markets is what? What the heck happened there? Mm-hmm. Is the constant inflow from all of the, uh, well, not divine retirement plans, but the 401k plans where you're self-directed, there's constantly money coming in. Is that what causes a lot of this volatility? Is The managers have to find a place to put the money. Yeah, it, there's there is some of that, but it's it's there is constant buying, but there's also constant selling. So, and this was an interesting point. I um because I, I brought him up earlier how Harry Dent has been wrong. I, mm-hmm. I mean for for like for literally decades. I mean, you know Dow thirty five thousand before the market crashed. I mean all these things. And I'm, I'm talking this. We are over thirty five thousand now, but it wasn't Dow thirty five thousand in thirty years. That wasn't the book. Okay. Yeah. It was it was uh, like 30 years ago making that prediction that was coming right around the corner, and the reason why was kind of based on demographics. Okay, so uh, because baby boomers were in their prime and boom and, and and putting gobs of money away in the markets, interesting thought makes sense. And on a bigger perspective, if we take 10,000 foot level, China's in trouble. Population shrinking is is death. Mm-hmm. India's on the rise for our, you know, all those things, right? Now, everybody can screw it up. Mexico had plenty of people. South America has plenty of people. It's a very religious or uh, um, group, and they like uh, large families, and they, with corruption, they ruined it all, okay? Because they were on the track. So all kinds of things can go wrong. That's the problem with having one look at things. So then I, I mentioned that Harry Dent's been wrong all the time. Well, then it became America, with all the people retiring, would be selling off all their stocks, and then, therefore, the market was never not going to do well because the young people weren't going to keep up with it. Absolutely the opposite has happened, as we know. And, um, and so, again, I'm, I, this isn't a show about beating up on Harry Dent. It it's just shows that if you focus on one thing and not look at the big picture, if you will, and back to this 10,000-foot level, I'm sorry you're all going to have to put up with this for a long time because I know it's running in my head right now. And, uh, but, but the point is when we focus on one thing, one little item here, it can wreck our whole perspective. And we need to have a bigger perspective of everything from Bitcoin— have humility that we don't know what the future is, and we also have to understand that there are more things in effect. So back to your question. Money coming in is 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 incredibly uh, uh, helpful to the market that's coming into the 401ks, but also people are selling their stocks to live on in their retirements as well. Now, not a lot of people. This is where I think they get it wrong. It's not like you sell your Apple, you take the dividend. And you live off of that. You see what I'm saying? Somebody's got a wise investment advisor that does that for them. I appreciate it. But but you see what I'm getting at is is I think they overstate both sides. And so, yes, you have some constant buyers. But the biggest buyer that's been in there recently, and I'll give you the example of Apple, okay? Apple had... um, Okay, I want to get this right. Let me hang on. No, I got the wrong piece of paper. All right. I'll get this 100% accurate next week, but I want to tell you, it's something like this. 22 billion shares, and they now are down to 12 billion shares. Outstanding. Since Tim Cook took over. They started buying stock as long as they had a net cash position, and interest rates were zero. Go ahead and borrow money at zero or near zero, and certainly below zero when you factor in the tax deduction and the fact that you don't have to pay dividends on it anymore. But that's what the world we were living in. Mm-hmm. Borrow billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. Go ahead, as long as we have a net cash positive position to do whatever we want to do and need to do. And that was the okay that, that, that Tim Cook gave to, the certi- to their chief financial officer, and they now have about half... Uh, the number of shares. So even though they've grown earnings slower than many companies, 
the cumulative effect is their earnings per share growth, our share per share of the company and its earnings is much, much higher. Thus, it, 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 So that's one of the examples out there of the huge corporate buybacks and all the huge dividends that have been paid out. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw a fun one there. It's just like Michael Saylor buying Bitcoin with all his uh, excess money that's sitting there and not doing anything in a deflationary world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, you know, he's just saying, okay, I'll stack this because I believe in the energy of money, but I'll, I'll make it work for me this way. And, and at zero interest, this is one of the things that is, uh, I believe, is, is affecting gold very negatively. Uh, because yeah. I can't think of any better tailwinds than inflation, uh, concern in the world, wars everywhere, budget deficits, you name it. I mean, it's just like gold, gold, gold. And what does it do? It sits. It's done nothing. It's sitting at 2000 You could have replayed this two years ago. It's sitting here at 1900 It's not doing anything. And this is its best tailwinds ever. And I think it's because whenever I buy gold, because I'm scared, I'm giving up a 5%, 5% plus CD, one-year treasury, money market, right? guaranteed money. I want my five. I don't want zero. If I'm scared, that's what I'm buying. And now right. there's $8.8 trillion in money markets, $8.8 trillion in money markets. You talk about fuel for the market. It's hard to take that 5% when it's deflating at 30%. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, we're playing games back and forth, so yeah, that'll... uh, It's worth comfort, but it's not worth uh, losing whatever interest you can make. So, yeah. Correct, and people need the money to live on. What does gold allow you to live on? Nothing. There is no income from it. Yeah, as long as it keeps you calm and, and, and happy, well... So be it. That's your world. That's that's so, correct. But as far as, if you will, portfolio management, things like that, how am I going to provide cost of living adjusted income all the days of your life that you can't outlive? Gold isn't part of that. Yeah. It's not because it produces zero. And all right. I, I, I had one other thing. All right. Fire away. Real quick. Uh, your, your, your buddy Trump actually has got my vote just because he kicked ass on the economy. I'm looking at one small thing from 10,000 feet. Yep. Look how well he did with the economy. I don't care about it if he's an idiot. All right, yeah. Terry. You have a good rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, David. Okay. Good day. Bye. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. I think, yeah, let's go ahead. We can, let's, go, let's just take Hannah. Hannah, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I think that the stock market has always been for the wealthy or people that had 401ks available to them. My type of work, I don't have a 401k available to me, but cryptocurrency has been my saving grace for putting money aside for retirement. Well, that's I interesting. Solana I... Okay. At ten dollars a coin, and at a hundred dollars a coin, I sold some and bought into another cryptocurrency. Until Robinhood came along, you had to have stockbrokers and everything else to invest in the stock market, or you had to have a four hundred one k offered through your work. No, that's not but true. But cryptocurrency is available for anybody. Well, it is at an incredibly high price, but you can basically go with whether it's Schwab Wait, or anybody else. Uh, Hannah, Wait, Hannah, okay. Hannah, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, okay. let, let me explain. Okay. It's okay. Everybody can have their opinion, but I, I want people to understand. First of all, one of the things is that Schwab um, years ago started, and I mean, what, 40 years ago, um, started this, you know, if you will, discount brokers. And in the 1970s, they finally uh, deregulated the stock exchange meaning that they couldn't set prices anymore, and companies started to compete. And now you had this outside one, which also led to TD Ameritrade and others, which eventually TD Ameritrade and Schwab went to zero cost on all trades. You could buy one share of stock for zero commissions. That's the world we got into. It has never been better for small investors. You can even buy fractional shares through Robinhood. Whoever needs a fractional that, share. But my point being, that is not brand new. Robinhood came along, and I'm, I will be surprised if Robinhood survives. They are doing it just absolutely terribly. So I'm not rooting against them. I, I hope they do survive. But they're doing terribly. 
And um, but the fact is, is even them doing terribly doesn't mean costs aren't, aren't continuing to collapse. And on top of that, this is way more important also, Hannah, is what we call the spread between the buy, the bid and the ask price. So a seller and a buyer come together. And in the old days, and that's I'm old enough to, to have been here doing this, we had local stocks that traded for a dollar and a half spread on $20 stocks. That was called trust choice. And a dollar and a half dollar and a quarter if you had a good day, was the difference between the buy price and the sell price on a share of stock. That is a 5% hindrance on top of, let's call it a $100 commission. It was a huge cost to do business. And you had to buy round lots, or it was even more expensive back then. That's all changed. And, it's, and now we're talking about a half a penny on many trades that are at $50 is the cost between the bid price and the ask price because there's billions of dollars traded. It's electronic. There aren't people on the floor of the exchange. It's done for nearly free. It's never been a better environment except in Bitcoin world and in gold world, commodities world, the bid and ask prices between on gold, for example, between the buy price and the sell price is as high as 5%. That's massive. That is not a good trading place, and there are no dividends. But, Hannah, good luck with that. I, I just wait, don't wait. want you to have the wrong idea. Go ahead. But but you're talking about just Bitcoin. You have to understand the cryptocurrency world is a lot bigger than Bitcoin. Bitcoin's for the wealthy to play with. Okay. Bitcoin's not for the poor to play with. Well, if you can show me where you can trade for zero and the bid and the ask price on any crypto is zero or on gold is zero, I will be delighted well, to hear. But to telling me that that's the way that that people ought to be because the the market is only for wealthy people is simply not true. It just isn't okay. true. Uh, the, you can you buy you can buy a stock for zero that represents the entire market at zero cost. You don't even have a an account cost. And I don't know why you have to have a four hundred one k. You can have an IRA and you can put your money away yourself. I talk about it all the time. $5 a day, $150 a month in the S&P 500, which you can buy for free and have the dividends re reinvested for free, and you can have your account open for free, you end up with all of that. And you can put it in a Roth IRA, and it all grows tax-free. That okay. sounds like now, it's made for everybody to me. On my Coinbase, I can trade one coin for another, and I don't get charged a fee. Okay. Well, I, I, I find that fascinating and interesting, and I would have to look at the information, Hannah, that um, you yeah, are trading for free. I only pay a fee if I cash out. So the, all, the whole platform is open. You can buy if I trade, and trade. If I trade Solano for the graph, I don't get charged a fee to trade Solano coins for the graph coins. Okay, and I will tell you that between the, bid price, the buy price and the sell price is where they make their money. I don't even have to look. That's true of everything. It shows me exactly what I'm going to pay the minute I pay it, and it's the same as what it's selling for. So, Okay. Well, Hannah, I appreciate it, and I just want it, and then good luck to you. I don't know what dividends you're receiving and what you're going to live on in, in, in Coinbase world. Oh, I've got dividends, but I've, I've been doubling my money every year since I got into cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. and I'm not doing that in any of my stocks for the last six years. Gotcha. All right. Well, good luck again. And thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. We have to take a quick break. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, wow, this has just been fast today. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to all the callers. Thanks for the questions. I appreciate it. I'll get to uh, uh, close close out here with uh, with a uh, an email here just in a second, but uh, I, I I do I want to first of all say this and then we'll get to it. it. It is really important in all of investing to look at things on balance, not through the lens of I believe in this or I believe in that. I'll just give you a quick example. I could take up, and I will. It's one of these days. I'm just going to write it down. Value versus growth. Okay. Bingo. I'm there. All right. So I'll talk about this next week. So I started on the value side, just like everybody else, really, because that's Buffett, that's Templeton, that's Michael Price, Peter Lynch, all the greats, right? 
look for the great value. But we had to grow. We had to change because these giant tech companies just kept growing and growing and growing and growing until growth became the new value. It became the thing. And it doesn't mean you throw away everything else, but you have to rethink. If, if the world is all tilted this direction, so we all, my point being, you have to change. We can't get stuck. And the older we get, it can be harder, but I, I don't find it harder, but I do see it. And I see things of myself and my dad that I go, wait a minute, I'm turning my dad. I get all this. But we have to be continuing to look at what's out there and what possibly is changing. And I don't mean, let's go put all of our money into, I, I don't even know the, the Bitcoins that, that we just learned about. Uh, but, but anyway, cryptocurrency, that's fine. If that, but, but to ignore the rest of the world and ignore it because it's all like only for rich people or whatever, that's wrong. Let's embrace it all. Let's embrace it all. Okay? Because we need to, and we need to be thinking about all that. Okay? Now, quick note here came in. Uh, actually, more truth is found on page two and three when you Google something. Fair enough. If they are biased, and there certainly have been. So you do have to understand if you're like searching for uh, bitwashed uh, emails and Hillary Clinton is on page eight, uh, you understand that that's biased, okay? And that Trump was like had missing emails. Seriously? So that kind of bias I totally get and I agree with. My point is simply this. There is lots of truth out there, and it might even be on page 12. But the more we are digging for what we already believe. It isn't taking a 10,000-foot level. It's trying to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. I don't want to get smaller. I want to get bigger. I want to think bigger. I don't want to keep digging up data that proves what I already believe. I want to find data that questions my belief system. Not on everything. I'm just saying you don't have to dig out and try to figure out why you're wrong on everything. That's not my point. My point is to sit here and try to figure out why the world is ending and then keep digging, 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 and listening to people that are talking about the end of the world. Let me read some more Harry Dent. Let me read some more this article over here on how, why we ought to buy gold because the world is ending isn't helping me get a clear picture of how technology changes the world and what I ought to be doing with client portfolios and my own. With that, it's time to say adios.